This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Ringgit and Cents, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Following up from our episode last week on BNPL or Buy Now, Pay Later, today on the show we're going to expand that conversation on credit and debt and take a look at what good debt management looks like overall. To help me with this, once again, I'm speaking with Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory and Zoraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer at Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Uh, Adam, let's start with you here. And before we get into the specifics when it comes to mortgages, car loans and credit cards, how do you typically advise your clients when it comes to top line overall debt management? Uh, it's as simple as spend within your means <laughs> <laughs> and get into debt only when it's necessary. Yeah. So, uh, and I think a lot of the times when people get into debt, they never pay attention to the interest rate. I mean, I, I think some would just go for, okay, I, 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 they might shop around a little, but most of the time they'll just see, okay, how much can I afford to pay every month? That is usually the uh, decision-making process. So you do have to pay attention on the interest rate for all your loans. Yeah, And I think the, the most important thing is the total of your car loan and the mortgage should be less than 35% of your monthly net salary. Right. Uh, so this is where this is where I I see whenever I see examples on social media being shared, people will be saying like they they're paying like fifty percent uh, for higher purchase and mortgages, or for the it should be lower than that, much much lower. So you're talking you're looking at around thirty five, maybe if you want to exit all the way up to forty percent. Then and number two is you should be paying off your credit card in full every month. Yeah, and you should not have any personal loans. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the overall debt management uh, framework, I would say. Yeah, uh, Soraya, what about you? Uh, in terms of, I guess, how you use and I guess think about debt in your own life. I think what Itham mentioned about good debt management is a, a great start to the conversation. Yes, definitely, you shouldn't. You should spend within your means, but I want to think bigger than that. And I want to bring in all of this like environmental cues that um, that influences a person's in purchasing behavior. So I don't think anybody wants to, you know, unnecessarily create problems for themselves or like put themselves in a in a debt situation, right? No one wants to create um, those problems for themselves. So I want to point out um, there's this one book called Nudge: Improving Decisions About Wealth. Health, Wealth and Happiness, and it's written by, co-written by Richard Taylor, who is also a behavioral economist. And in this book, he was talking all about the role of environment in guiding better decisions. So it's not just about the individual choice right now, it's about how we as all society and the people who are um, who are helping people to make those choices, we have the obligation to prompt people towards making better choices for themselves. Um, so in this book, it's all about how do you, people who, who create this, what they call it, choice architecture, prompt people to make better or worse choices. Um, in this case, for example, let's say, um, you know, credit cards is, is a really simple example. Credit cards are regulated, therefore it has, um, you know, it will stop some, some people from, from getting into unnecessary debt. So that's a good thing. That's a great choice um, architecture. 
so we should be able to, in, in as a society, we should implement more and more, um, you know, built-in design processes that stops people from getting into bad debt situations. That's a fascinating point, Soraya. And I think it's also, uh, speaking of books, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out a book that's in a similar vein, but it's about creating habits. It's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And essentially, you want to build good habits, you build you, you reduce the friction, you want to get rid of habits, you increase the friction. But on a societal level, that's, increased. that's a very interesting point, right? Because particularly with consumer debt, um, especially when we take a look at the economic point of view, we're always trying to stimulate spending and so trying to reduce the friction to spend, which has its own issues. Speaking about that book that you mentioned, Atomic Habits, I'm a very big fan of that book as well. And he mentioned environment. Um, part, of the, part of how a person can build good habits is to reduce, uh, to remove themselves from environment that promotes um, unhealthy habits. So, for example, if a person is spending too unnecessarily, look at your friend group. Are they the, the types of people who would, you know, frequently buy um, a lot of uh, things? Like they said, you know, keeping up with the Jonases. Like, are you in the Jonases? group circle um, but the thing is right now many of us you know we are on the internet and we can't stop ourselves being in certain circles where we are as part of the genesis even if we don't follow certain influences or like you know we don't follow those type of groups we may we are still exposed to ads uh, and these ads can have uh, can prompt us to do things that we don't necessarily we know that they're not of the best interest for us. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's always going to be, and we recently talked about BNPL and the personal responsibility element. While personal responsibility is important, um, advertisers wouldn't be spending so much money if it didn't work, right? So there is a kind of environment you create that kind of, again, to use that word, that nudges people in a certain direction over time. We're talking about passive influence over a long uh, time. Uh, jumping over to the technical parts again, uh, Idham, because uh, we've talking, basically what we've been talking about the last few minutes, when we call it nudges, um, also kind of brings up the concept of red flags, right? And I guess to your mind, uh, especially when you're speaking with your clients here, what are the biggest red flags when it comes to debt management? So whenever we look at our clients' cash flow, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the financial ratio figures that we use is called the debt service ratio. So the debt service ratio is just basically, it means that how much debt are you paying versus how much income you're earning. And it's that 35% figure that I mentioned. So if you exceed the debt service ratio, that's already a red flag, yeah? So for all the debts that, that you're paying off, whether it's a personal loan, car loan, uh, mortgages, uh, even those monthly credit card payments, if you, have, if you exceed that 35 or 40%, that's one red flag. If you miss payments or you frequently make late payments, that's another red flag. Yeah. So how do you know if you miss payments? You go to Bank Negara's website, get your credit report, the secrets. Yeah, you can get it for free nowadays. And you can also, uh, I think you can get instant uh, uh, registration on, online right now. So by getting the secrets, you can see for loans that where you have uh, one, 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 one in the schedule, like they, they'll have a month at the top where it says January to December and your, your, your payments is one, or two or three, what does that denote? It means that you're paying off late, uh, one month late, two months late, right. three months late. Uh, a perfect uh, secrets report is zero, 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 zero. 
That means there's no late payments. So you miss payments or you frequently make late payments from your credit report, that's another red flag. Another red flag, which is very, very scary, is you start to think that another loan might solve your problem. Oh no. Yeah? <laughs> and you get rejected from making those loans. Yeah. Oh man. So you go to the bank and the bank says, no, 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 you're not qualified. And then you say, why? So, so I've had this case before where uh, this person was so oblivious. They, they did not know that they are having all these red flags and they're wondering, why am I not being able to solve my problems? I can just get another loan and pay off my old loan. No, you're rejected because you have all these previous debt issues. And then you get to the next red flag, which There's is more. You, get calls, is you get calls from the debt collectors. That's the, I would say that is the biggest, biggest red flag. Yeah. So, so it, 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 it escalates. Yeah. It yeah. escalates from there. So, the starting point is that debt service ratio. You 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 have to see, oh, oh no, I'm I'm already exceeding. And and the problem is a lot of people are you know they just accept uh, be they just accepting of the fact. Oh yeah, definitely I it, I I have no choice. I have to make those car payments. I have to make those mortgage payments. That's why it's fifty percent even. That's why it's sixty percent. There is a choice that you can make. Yeah, but that. Uh, technically, if you're already in debt, uh, where we call the debt service ratio is very high, you already made a financial mistake. Right. Yeah. And so how do you how do you solve that? Yeah. How do you go back and solve that? Yeah. yeah. And if any of these red flags ring a bell, I would highly suggest you go and contact AKPK for some guidance in this matter, right? They are there. And this is the agency counseling and Urusan Credit, the debt management agency under BNM. I was speaking with Idam Idris, director and licensed financial planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory and Zuraya Zainuddin, founder and writer with Ringit or Ringit.com. Keep it here to Ringit and Sense on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Ring It and Send, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kandison. This morning, I'm speaking with Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory and Zoraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer at Ringgit or Ringgit.com. Um, I want to jump into the specific uh, loans very quickly, Idham. I wonder if you can help us. Um, what are your general rules when it comes to the mortgage loan? Yeah, so for mortgages, uh, I think it's very important to shop, shop around because it's a huge loan. Yeah. So you do need to shop around for the lowest interest or the lowest profit rate. And most importantly is you do need to ensure that you have some protection to cover the debt in case something happens to you. This is where a lot of people where they might try to skimp yeah, the MRTA or, mm. or they, 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 they don't get enough coverage for the, for the mortgage. For example, they have a 30-year mortgage but the MRTA only covers the first five years or the first 10 years. So you do, please do check your loan offer letter because sometimes you can see the MRTA is only for a short period of time. And, uh, and after 10 or uh, 15 years, something happens, somebody needs to take care of that loan or that uh, property is going to be uh, sold off. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course, the monthly payment must be within that DSR figure that I mentioned. So if you earn 10,000 ringgit a month, uh, net, then that means uh, your mortgage payment and your car payment should not exceed 35%, so 3,500. Uh, I think it's also um, advantageous to look for flexi loans, yeah, where you can park your excess cash or emergency funds and at the same time able to lower your interest. So this is where 
some consumers they might not be familiar with some of the uh, debt products out there is maybe they want to look for for flexi loans and i think this is one thing that a lot of people don't do is from time to time just go back to the bank and ask for a lower rate yeah just hmm. ask yeah you 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 never know because i've had cases like last year where you know the moratorium was very popular and, and i know the moratorium is is uh, a hot topic now but there are some of my clients who opted not to take the moratorium but they just went to the bank and said can i just get a lower uh, interest payment and a lot of banks uh, uh, came back to them and say yeah for sure no problem and they save a few hundred a month from their mortgage payments just because they went and asked so i think this is very important because a lot of people think oh okay i sign uh, off on the loan offer that's it that's my payment for forever no you can actually go back to the bank negotiate yeah just go back to them and ask can i just get a lower rate for 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 now and see what happens especially it when interest to ask, yeah, yeah especially when interest rates fall from 3% to 1.75% within the year right um very right. quickly itam you mentioned the term mrta there for those of us who may not be familiar with that why is that so important for a mortgage so in the case of uh mrta it's mainly because if you uh pass away and you are the one who are paying off that particular loan your beneficiary will probably want to be staying at that particular property as well yeah so if they don't have the funds to make those uh, monthly payments to cover for the uh, uh, the loan that you had with the bank then you should make sure that at least that particular loan is being paid off using the MRTA insurance. So it's okay, so it's an insurance product to protect your beneficiary should anything happen to you in terms of the right. payments yes. of the debt. Okay. Yeah. Um all right. So I know you've got the debt service ratio for cars and housing under 35% there. Anything else though when we should uh, that we should be paying attention to when we talk about car loans, it um, aside the debt service ratio. Okay, so for car loans, the interesting part is that it's like I mentioned, any and all loans. Whenever people considered of making any loans, they would say, "How much can I afford to pay every month?" <laughs> so they do this for car payments as well. So whatever you think you can borrow, think about borrowing only half of that. <laughs> so if you, yes, if you think that you are eligible for, example, a one thousand five hundred ringgit car purchase, a monthly repayment. Think about paying only half of that, maybe seven hundred fifty or eight hundred ringgit instead. Why? Because the moment you buy a car, there are other hidden costs like petrol, mm. which if you didn't ha- own a car before, you would never be paying for petrol every month, and you would never be paying for tolls every month. You would never be paying for maintenance every few months. Yeah. as well as insurance payments so all those needs to be factored in so if you're at the limit of your uh, monthly spending already and then suddenly you come in and say okay i'm eligible for 1500 ringgit payment due to the uh, loan approval and you do make those uh, you do get that that particular car that you always wanted then suddenly boom every month there's an additional on top of that another 5 to 600 ringgit uh, Uh, uh expenditure that you need to make on that carpages so suddenly your car, your uh, expenses suddenly balloon yeah an additional 5 to 600 ringgit which you never had to pay before because you did not own that car car before 
So this is the part where a lot of people get caught, yeah, and and they don't think so. So uh, some people might say, oh yeah, definitely you need to factor in the petrol, but they don't because mm. they only think about that minimum payment that they can make every month. So this is why when you the moment that you know the figure, cut that by half. And right. I see whatever car that you can afford within within that affordability range. Yeah. yeah. And I guess also when we talk about uh, bringing down the payment there, the general thing is also not to encourage people to take loans that are too long, right? Because when it comes to cars, um, the interest is paid on the principal you borrowed. It's not a balance that falls like mortgages do. Um, Soraya, based on everything we've just discussed with Idham here, uh, what are your own views when it comes to debt, uh, the red flags, or even when it comes to specific loans like mortgages and car loans? How do you think about all these things? First of all, Roshan, I, Mr. Idham, I really love what you said about negotiating with the bank. That is perfect in scenarios of people thinking creatively out of the box and also it helps people to take off their other ways to solve problems that already have. Um, when it comes to purchasing decisions, right, we are all tend to be optimistic creatures. Sometimes when we take, when we make certain decisions to buy um, cars or houses that are beyond of our means, we don't just think of ourselves, we think of our families and we think of like all these other environmental cues that, that we mentioned um, earlier. For example, I've had people share with me that it's their parents who, who ache them like, oh, your cousins are driving so-and-so cars. Why are you not driving that car? Or for example, I've seen people you know, share with me that, oh, the reason why I got a certain house is because I want to provide my wife or my family with a, a more comfortable um, living situation. And again, I see like, optimistic people will always think of yes of course in the future i'm just going to have to work more to make this this installment payments um, and that influences our purchasing decisions there's one more thing that i want to bring up which is there are people who are working in certain um, industry um, especially sales including sales right where they have mentors who tell them things like, oh, get that, um, high, you know, get that expensive car because it's going to show your potential clients that you have higher status and that's going to help you get more clients. Think of that car as an investment. They actually use that phrase. And then you also have people who are telling their mentees, um, you know, use the, the car installment payments that you have to pay every month as a motivation for you to work harder and hit your sales goal. Uh, you, you have all of these characters. I think that if you are not someone who already good at saying no to, to, to yourself, to people around you, learn how to say no, or at least learn the phrase, I'll think about it, because you might be put in a situation where you are expected to make decisions that are not especially good for you, and you just need to be able to learn how to put your foot down when the time comes. Um, learn how to say no, or at least, you know, in a, in a nicer way, you know, uh, I'll think about it, I'll check with my spouse, I'll check with the bank, learn those phrases now. Some people just don't know how to say no, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's, it's part of that societal pressure and that kind of just like that peer pressure that comes from a lot of it, right? And uh, I think that phrase, I'll think about it, is really, really powerful. So, right? Thanks for sharing that because what it does, it, it, it provides you a little bit of a gap, right? Between the, again, the pressure and the cue that's being hammered on your head uh, and the actual decision that you need to make. So give yourself some time, think about it. It's kind of like the three-day rule, right? You go to a shop, you see something you like, wait three days, do you still want to buy it? It's kind of, that kind of gives you a sense of how much you really want wanted. Um, I want to talk a little bit about credit cards before we wrap up because of the, all the loans and the credit facilities uh, before BNP, uh, BNPL, of course, credit cards were one of those facilities that was 
very dangerous, right? It's a, it's a double-edged knife there. And uh, we've really talked about BNPL in the previous episode. So right now, I just want to focus on credit cards. Um, Idham, how do you talk to your clients about credit cards and the responsible use of it? Because like, like I mentioned, it's a double-edged sword. So uh, examples of client, my clients that uh, use credit card responsibly is they pay in full every month. So whenever I, I, I go through someone's cash flow and they, they do this, I can see that they have good debt management practice. And mainly they use it for cashback and discounts. So these are the main reasons. So whenever I ask them why you're using it, it's for just the, the benefits that the credit card company offers. And they collect the points on fixed payments. That's the most important thing, like bills and insurance and uh, whatever that they can automate through the credit card, pay it off in full at the end of the month. So they, uh, and if they do need to use the credit card, they only use it for purchases that they need and not like unnecessary or something that they, they want at that point in time. So it's as simple as that, yeah. So I myself like to use my credit card for big purchases. Uh, I like to use the 12-month installment program that they provide. And that's simply from a cash flow perspective. I, own, I make sure that I have that cash in hand. Like let's say it's a laptop and it's three, 4,000 ringgit, but I don't want all that money to go out in one shot. So that's why I use the 12-month facility. And I guess it also ta- kind of addresses what Soraya was talking about earlier, right? That, that optimism that sometimes we, that can be our downfall sometimes if you're overly optimistic about your future uh, growth, because there are always things that are going to happen. And uh, with that in mind, actually, two weeks ago, I had a session about emergency buffer funds, which you may want to check on the BFM app or the website. Um, to wrap up, uh, Soraya, I'll throw this to you uh, to wrap up this conversation. Uh, specifically, when we talk about credit cards, uh, from your own observations, what have been, I guess, some of the points that you want to highlight here, or maybe some of the rules that you use yourself when you talk about consumer credit? When it comes to consumer credit, I would just treat it as emergency. If it's something that is not technically um, a, a need, if it's something that I want, I, like you, Roshan, I would, I have the cash on hand and taking the installment is just a choice rather than a necessity. So I would treat it like that. Um, in the same vein, I will also think very, very hard about the marketing emails that come through my inbox, you know, especially when it comes to credit cards, they sometimes would offer me um, options to finance lifestyles that I don't necessarily <laughs> want to get into. Extravagant lifestyles. I've legit had emails that, you know, suggested me to go on trips or suggested me like a bigger TV and things like that. I just have to learn how to tune those out and be happy, I guess, with the frugal lifestyle that I already am living in. That's a fantastic note to end this session on. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Roshan. I was speaking with Idam Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory and Zoraya Zainuddin, Founder and Writer with Ringit or Ringit.com. And you've been listening to Ringit and Sense, the show that's all about personal finance. I'm Roshan Kanesan for BFM 89.9. Ringit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.